0: all right good morning lbc radio this is Corey rosen with the story today i have a special guest mr wally calderon originally from green bay wisconsin wally calderon or uh, earned his bfa in musical theater performance and direction from ohio northern university for over 15 years wally traveled the country as a freelance performer director and choreographer notable stays include the miracle theater in Forge, tennessee The Palace Theater in Manchester, New Hampshire, Hermstree Park, and the highly-credited Stage Door Manor in upstate New York. Wally moved to Lancaster in 2012, where he spent five amazing years holding multiple positions at Sight and Sound Theaters. He considers it an honor and a blessing to be in his fifth year as Artistic Director of Servant Stage Company and to be a part of his community that is so supportive of the arts here in Lancaster. Special thanks to my wonderful wife, Andrea, and two and his two sweetest daughters, Joanna and Juliet. All glory to God for the amazing gifts and opportunities he has he has given me. Psalms one forty nine three. With all that said, Mr. Wally, how are you doing today? Great,
1: great. That sounded great. Thanks for having me. Yeah.
0: So uh what inspired you? Uh coming from Green Bay, Wisconsin, uh what got you into the whole uh I want to do music, I want to do theater. Uh what started that for you?
1: Yeah, as as a as a kid, I I don't I I had no idea what I wanted to do. I didn't mm. ha, you know, I think I think when I was a little kid I wanted to be a veterinarian or something like that. I don't know. I had cats. Um I I wanted to I loved sports. Um mm. I grew up playing sports actually. Uh so I didn't do theater as a, as a kid. Um like a lot of Lancaster you know, teens and, and kids right. do. They have so many opportunities. I, I was nowhere near that. Um, but we always had music in the home. Um, my, my family was involved in the arts. My mother taught elementary music for many, many, many years uh, mm. in the Green Bay area public schools. Uh, so there was always music, there was always the arts in our house. Um, so I, I, I was in the, the Green Bay Boys Choir as a, as a young boy for a few years. So I always enjoyed it. Uh, but I don't think I ever connected and thought this is what I'm going to do. Um, and again, I, I, my time was pretty much, um, taken up by sports. I played baseball, um, as much as I could and just loved everything about sports. Being from Wisconsin, you kind of have to be right. Uh, yeah. you know, in Green Bay. You have to, you know, it's, it's a birthright, um, mm. uh, to, to follow the Packers. But, um, so I remember being in, um, around probably 6th or 7th or 8th grade and every year we would walk to the high school and we would see their their musical mm. and my middle brother Ben uh was taking part in the musical at the time he was in high school and he was they were doing West Side Story and he was playing Baby John um and I remember walking to the school and being very excited to see him uh play this role and I remember sitting in the seats and just being blown away by him, so proud of him and, and and he was just like a star, and the whole the whole production was so much fun. it was it's such a great story. It's a great one of those great first shows to see. And I don't know that mm-hmm. that was the first show I ever saw, but I just remember seeing it and being riveted by it um and saying, "I want to do that." and And I don't know that it even meant I want to do that for my life, but I just wanted to be in high school and be in the musical. Um, and so, you know, fast forward to high school and I did the musicals and I thought it was so fantastic and really started to, um, learn about, uh, what it, what it took to put on the shows. And again, I, I, I still don't think I had in my mind what I was going to do when I, when I grew up. Mm. Um, I had a mentor, one of, one of the instructors, uh, in high school who kind of pulled me aside one day and he's like, you know, you could do this if you wanted to. And I didn't, I didn't really know what he meant, but... It felt good, you know, it, mm-hmm. uh, and um, and I kind of took that to heart and maybe talked to more people and talked to more people, and then I was getting ready to graduate high school and looking at colleges, and I, I, I kind of just stumbled into this this career path or this, this as a major in college. Um, so, it, it, again, I didn't come into college um, or even into the industry with a tremendous amount of experience. Mm-hmm. I had the heart and the drive at that point and I thought this is something I wanna do and I really, really enjoy it, but I don't know if I wanna perform or wh- what part of theater I wanna do. Um and so I remember getting to college and I remember going to dance class or, you know, the classes and hearing these other students say, I've been, you know, I, I I've been in twenty shows or I've taken twelve years of dance experience and I'm going, This is my first dance class. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, this is, you know, I've only done like four shows once a year in high school. Um, and so it was a bit intimidating, uh, but then it kind of just took off from there. And I, I put in the work during college to catch up to everybody else mm-hmm. to give myself even a shot to see if this would, could be a reality.
0: So d- did you feel like you had, uh, any imposter syndrome when you came to, uh, what was it? Ohio Northern? Ohio Northern.
1: Uh, in terms of just like having to... Feel like I couldn't, I couldn't do it, or
0: like uh, so. Imposter syndrome is when you go to a place and you realize, oh, I am not like these people, right?
1: Yeah, I, I felt like my heart was was like theirs. I felt like my my interest in what I was doing was the same as theirs. I just felt like they were so far ahead of me. Mm. Um, so in that sense, yeah, it felt it felt, uh, but I I, I, I never felt excluded. I just kind of felt my own drive needed to, I needed to take, take it into my own hands and and do what I needed to do to catch up. No one told me I had to do that. Um, Mm. I think I just was like, okay, well, if this is something I'm going to do, this is sort of a real world example of how I need to face it uh, by working my tail off. So when I wasn't in classes, I was in the studio. Um, I was at the library reading. I was, you know soaking up as much as i could so i feel like i i took their 12 years of experience and i crammed it into three years um to put myself in a position to succeed and along the way it i fell in love more with with the craft uh, and started to sort of develop where i wanted to go on my on my path on my journey to to where i am now um so it was it was definitely intimidating um but but really special at the same time
0: good uh I, I kinda had a similar experience when I came to Lancaster Bible College. Uh a lot of the people that come here have done uh, came from Sermon Stage, have came from uh the Fulton, have done all these local local theater bits and I came in I came in as a percussion major uh originally a f- composition focus, uh percussion primary. Right. And uh the guy that I came in with me, uh Matt Cross was the most amazing, like, technical drummer that I had ever met at that point. Um, and I was I was sat there. I could just play, like, the Glockenspiel really good. And that was it. Right. I couldn't, uh, on a drum set, my feet and my hands would just not work together. So it was like, why am I even here? When all these people, uh, like, Matthew Wilhelm and Britt Tchaikovsky, some uh, Zach Fernback, some of my uh, fellow freshmen, I was like, these people are wildly talented. <laughs> yep. And here I am uh coming as a cop major having not written any songs uh and coming from Salisbury, Maryland that's completely disjointed from anywhere Lancaster. <laughs> uh and how do uh, how do I even uh, approach these people right. in some aspects? But I'm glad that you weren't uh excluded. I I didn't feel excluded, but it was more of just like the, the theater people over here. Right. And then there's everybody else
1: yeah no I, I and i I agree with all of that and and similarly like in Green Bay it arts weren't ve- weren't that big mm-hmm. um uh sports was and mm-hmm. academics were um so I remember people saying to me like you're gonna do what right. <laughs> you know what I was like I th- I'm thinking about going to school for this and they were like, uh how's that work um uh, so yeah, it was definitely a a learning curve once I got there
0: what influenced your choice to go to Ohio northern?
1: Again, I tr- I feel like I tripped and we- and and fell and when I looked up it was Ohio Northern in front of me. Mm. Um it was uh uh yeah, I I don't know how well I handled the whole college search situation. Um I did know that I I had been uh, accepted into a-, a a university out west in Arizona. Um and it, it was a lot of logistical things and, and, and things that went wrong um in in that I was accepted into the university but not accepted into the program. Mm. Um and it got a little messy and I didn't really know what was going on. Uh so and at that point it was the eleventh hour and my mother had, you know, I think I had a stack of maybes of like backburner universities that I, I thought, well they have a program and I'll put it in that stack over there. Um and I think my mother, like in a day's notice, uh, called the university and got through to like the chair of the theater department and said, help, uh, oh. <laughs> you know, help, help my son. Um, and uh, they said, you know, well, we're actually having like a sort of orientation weekend coming up in next week. Mm. Uh, and so my mother and I got in the car and drove to Ohio um, and we're driving in the middle of cornfields. Right, right. And right. I was like, this is like Wisconsin. I this feels like uh this feels like, you know home I, well yeah, but not in a good way. Oh really? Oh gotcha. <laughs> I was kind of like, this might be one and done. Gotcha. I was like yeah. and then and then it just opened up like a diamond in the rough, this beautiful uh university. And I thought, okay, well this is odd but interesting and we uh you know pulled in and there was a lot of students and a lot of stuff going on and they were doing a show at the theater and there's this gorgeous performing arts center which again felt odd to me you know it's it's not it's often not the first place that universities put money right uh, is into you know the arts or into their theaters um And uh, so we went and saw a show, and it was fantastic. And I met the chair, and he said, you know, this is great. You can do this. You know, they said, we'll give you money. We'll give you a scholarship. And I didn't really even do anything. So it was all very surreal. And, um, you know, and my mother just, you know, she was the one who made it all work. Um, And then once I got there and started taking the classes and realizing how much they invested in their theater program, at The time, at the theater is named after the at-the-time president of the university who loved the arts. Mm-hmm. So there was no shortage of money going into that program, which meant they could do a ton of shows in a gorgeous facility. It was a small university, which I loved because I, I got the individual attention that I needed, um, and uh, and the rest was history. I, I, I fell in love immediately with that program. I owe everything to that program, um, in terms of preparing me and giving me opportunities to build a resume and to learn about myself and, and all of that. So, um,
0: yeah, pretty incredible experience. So uh, what did you do after college? Did you uh, What led to uh, moving around? Did you go back home? Did you stay in Ohio?
1: No, I actually didn't even walk at graduation because I got a job. Um, oh, wow. And, and uh, so it was, again, just very fortunate. Um, I learned... I learned by just living it the importance of networking. Mm-hmm. Um and so we had a guest directors would often come into the program and and work with us on different shows. In my junior year, um a guy by the name of David Leedholtz came in and directed a show and and he and I were just sort of knit from the same cloth. Like we 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 got along, we shared the same sense of humor. Um so we would ha- we would get got to know each other a little bit and hang out, have dinner, whatever. Um, and he was a working uh, artist in in the country and would would bounce around. He was freelance, but he was an, an actor turned director at the time. Mm. And then he came back senior year and did another show with us and got to work with him again. And so we had a really great relationship. And he was like, "Hey, I I'm doing a you know um, there's a show that needs somebody." Uh, a tour of uh, a children's tour of Aladdin. Um, And it came, it popped up and, and they basically called me the week before finals, sent me the materials and asked if I could be there like next Wednesday in Houston. Um, (laughs) And so I was like, well, I think I can because my last final is Tuesday. Oh, Uh, And so it was like, I took my last final, packed up everything. Again, I was 20, you know, 21 years old. I had no idea what I was doing. But, uh, flew out to Houston. I, w- I'm pretty sure I went on like 48 hours after that. Um, cause oh, wow. I was, I was replacing somebody on a tour that was already going. Mm. And so it was basically like get to the hotel and like rehearse by the pool and let like go up and rehearse in the, uh, do the music and do the choreography. And the next day go watch the show and then you're on. That's all we get. It was terrifying. Yeah. Um, but, uh survived it and i stayed on that tour and and we went west all the way to california up, uh, northwest and back and um and so that's so i i never i so i graduated but i never walked uh because i had to i had to work uh so i was on tour and then the rest was again i i then for 12 years i didn't stop working um, at that same place no i was then that's that's where it sort of took off from there and i went from there to hershey park and then from hershey park to ohio and ohio to you know another tour and down to florida and up to maine and um kansas uh yeah so uh i know we listed a couple of things good. on there but i i've been uh, i've i've seen the country uh mm-hmm. doing this uh which is great when you're young and and aren't tied down to anything um so yeah so i i i became very good at networking at lining up my work um a lot of actors get work and then they stop thinking about it until it's a week before the end of their contract and they realize they don't have work lined up. Mm. Uh, so I became very good at, um, never stopping. I, I, the first thing I did when I got a job was I tried to line up the next one. Um, and so I was, I did it successfully for a dozen years or so, uh,
0: many theaters, uh, many experiences, many shows around the country. So I want to talk about uh, a little bit of the different aspects of each place you've been to. Yeah. Um, what what place listed here was first was it the miracle theater
1: uh on that list no uh Hershey park would have been uh
0: really hershey <coughs> park and and hershey
1: <laughs> yeah uh and that was that was the second job I had in my career so i was twenty two years old working at the old music box theater, so now they have a really nice music box mm-hmm. theater there it used to be not that nice <laughs> And it was weird. Like, the, the, dressing rooms were, the dressing rooms were behind the audience what? Um, and underneath. So, like, every we would ha- change in our dressing room, and then we would have to go outside the building and walk around, like, outside to the front of the building and then come back there to perform. And then, like, at the end of the show, we'd, like, wave to everybody, and we would actually go through the audience and into our dressing rooms. Which were like, you know, under the stage basically. So it was, and it was, it was falling apart. It was, uh, it was definitely had history to it. It was well used. Um, But uh, yeah, loved my time there. But yeah, and then, and then, who knew that like Central Pennsylvania is where I would ultimately end up. You know, um, you know, fifteen, twenty years later. Um, And I remember loving it. I remember loving Central PA when I worked at Hershey. I came back to Hershey multiple times. I, I did a couple summers there. I did a couple Christmases there. Um, and, and I, I always loved the area. And I think I, in the back of my head, I was always like, I, I love this area. It's close to New York. It's close. And I wasn't a big city God. guy, you know, even when I, I did the New York thing and I hated it. Um, I, I, I've oh, never, really? I was never really like the big city. Um, I liked the quieter, um, the Midwest feel to it. Mm-hmm. And, um, so I'm in the, tucked in the back of my head. I was always thinking like, I could go back to central Pennsylvania and then sure enough uh, you know Here you are. however many years later so that was that was the first one on the list uh for those and so loved loved it
0: so what what um you said you've worked in New York City yeah uh how does that differ from Pigeon Forge Tennessee
1: <laughs> i mean New York is is what you see in the movies right. um, except except uh, hotter <laughs> I don't know <laughs> except grosser and less sleep that's um, yeah. all all of those things it's it's as busy and hustle and bustle as as you think it is um, what uh, you know the stuff that people don't tell you is is how expensive it is to live there um, and to put uh, to travel there uh, meaning like transportation or commuting um, I had a car. I was working on Long Island, but I was living in Astoria, Queens. And so I would have to drive every day, which I, I didn't mind that much. Um, I didn't mind driving in the city, but again, that's, parking that's is gas. Yeah. Insane. It's, it, it can be insane. Yeah. You, you kind of got to know uh, where you're going. But, you know, you you can't make a regular habit of, of going out to eat um, mm-hmm. just because of, again, the time and the cost and the exhaustion of it all. Um, you know, it's not easy to get anywhere. Uh, when I was. Uh, Luckily, when I was performing, I wasn't actually performing in New York. I would go there to get work, mm. so I'd go there to audition. and And I, I was, luckily, I was able to get work pretty quickly. So I usually wasn't there very long. I was there subletting or sleeping on someone's couch, mm-hmm. um, just to hit a round of auditions, and then I'd get hired to go to Kansas oh. or or wherever else, you know, to because companies would go there to cast, find talent, and then, and then bring them back around the country. That's so interesting. So, um, so again, thankfully I, I wasn't tied down to a sublet until later on in my career. Um, and I, I was working, like I said, I was working out on Long Island. I was teaching at a, at a, um, a high school on Long Island and I was also directing their show. So I had like six months that I had to stay there. And that's when I was, I had a um, a sublet in Queens But I still wasn't making enough money. So I worked at KB Toys in Astoria, stocking shelves from like 5 a.m. to like 10 a.m. And then like I would finish my shift, eat lunch and drive out to Long Island. And by the time I got home from Long Island, it was 10 o'clock at night. And I would like lay down for a few hours and then Mm -hmm. get up and go stock shelves at 5 a.m. So it was misery right, uh, yeah. it was you know again, thankful I was young, and I chalk it up as like an amazing experience, but it was one of those moments where I was certain that that's not what I wanted out of this <laughs> out of this business, and that's not uh the the way I wanted to to work and live uh so i i I say now I love to visit New York, I am thankful that I don't live there um and and for some people, they love that they mm. love new york and, and i I don't argue with that at all. Um, but for me, that was enough.
0: (laughs) Yeah. I've been to New York a few times and it's, you're right. It's all the time. Constantly you sleep is the last thing you plan. Right. And, and it's hard. It is hard to live there. I've had to sleep in my car a few times, which is not fun at all. Right. Uh, sleeping in your car in Brooklyn is, (laughs) is when the subway goes overhead, it's just, I can't be bothered to do this at all. I don't know how people live here. Yeah. Um, and, uh, it's, especially nowadays with, with you've got all these things happening in New York city and, and it's almost impossible to get around. Yeah. Uh, and drive is a nightmare in New York city. And that's, but I'm sure that's always been the case. Yeah. That's, I don't think that's ever changed. So how did that compare to pigeon forge, Tennessee?
1: Uh, everything was different about it. Southern, Southern hospitality is the difference. Um, uh, and, 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 again, many places in between um, that I was. But in comparison, Pigeon Forge is where is the last place I lived before moving to Lancaster. Um, and Pigeon Forge, again, felt Midwest to me, um, but even a little bit slower. Mm. <laughs> so that actually sometimes to a fault. I was like, I love talking to you, my waiter or waitress, but can I get my food, please? <laughs> you know, it... Um, <laughs> Uh, no, but I, I I did love that, and I, I I got used to it. I really fell in love with. Um, that was the first time I, I had spent time in Florida, but Florida doesn't feel like the South to me. Mm. Um, but Tennessee has that feel. Tennessee, Kentucky, um, you know that that kind of area of the country uh, has that that Southern hospitality, um, and things felt slow and manageable and and beautiful. Um, uh, I, you know, Pigeon Forge is right in the in the Smoky Mountains. Um, and so, and at the time, I, that's also where I got married. Um, and, uh, we, we built a house, I had a house built there and we'd go out our front door and just saw the panoramic view of the Smoky Mountains every morning. And it was just glorious. Uh, so they call it God's country a little bit mm. down there, you know, and, um, and it, it is just, is beautiful. And, and, uh, Pigeon Forge is an interesting town though. Um, Oh, very much so. uh, anyone's ever been to Branson or Pigeon Forge, you know what I'm talking about. But it's all the family bands, you know, and their theaters. um, And, uh, you know, every show is has sort of the same format. And every show ends with uh, God Bless the USA. And, uh, you know, it's just it's just an interesting, quirky town, uh, very, very touristy town. But I really did fall in love with with the area there. Um, Planned to stay there for you know I, I when we when we got married and and had the house we thought that was where we were going to live, and then the Lord had other plans for us and we ended up in Lancaster.
0: So what uh, pushed your move to Lancaster?
1: Right, we worked at uh, my wife and I worked at a theater called the Miracle Theater uh, in Pigeon Forge, <coughs> which was one of the other few th- uh, Christian theaters in the country. Uh, it was sort of like a Sight and Sound Junior, mm. um, so just a little bit smaller. And, uh, again, we were happy there, but we, um, there was, you know, rumblings that the theater was going to be closing down and then ultimately it did. It changed from the Miracle Theater, uh, to the Smoky Mountain Opry at the time, which was not a Christian, you know, not a ministry, not a Christian theater. And we tried to stick it out. We, we stayed on, uh, her and I stayed on with the, um, Opry for a bit and, um, it just wasn't the same and we weren't sure what we wanted to do and and um Sight and Sound caught wind of all of this and wisely <laughs> traveled to Pigeon Forge and scooped up a lot of culturally fit people, uh to, to you know, when if they're if they were looking for people to work at sight and sound. Here's about thirty employees who are soon to be out of work who you already know are cult- culturally fit to to um, continue the same type of work and uh it was true yeah yeah it was true well it was truly a god moment i i i actually was in management there at the miracle at the time i wasn't performing mm-hmm. and uh i so i actually looked at it uh, looked at it as an opportunity for a day off um because the auditions were going to be happening they were coming into audition and i was like i don't really want the temptation to go to to move like we're good here mm-hmm. we just have to figure, figure out what we're doing and uh, then I got a call from somebody saying like, look, they need somebody to teach the dance call. Would you mind doing it? And I was like, oh, okay. And <laughs> So I ended up in the building and I ended up doing the dance call and ended up helping the, 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 um, the team with the auditions and the callbacks. And so I was sitting at the table with them. I think I was running the video camera. I'm not sure. And talking to them in between actors. And, and at one point they leaned over and said, and they were they were lining up interviews for that night with everybody, like one-on-one interviews. And they were like, could we talk to you tonight as well? I was like, here we go. Here like, go. this is exactly what I was worried was going to happen. Um, and then fast forward, and I ended up uh, coming in to, perf- I had to perform first. Uh, again, I had, I had sort of successfully made my way out of performing and into the production side of things. But in order to get to sight and sound, um, they say well, you're probably gonna have to perform first. Uh, that's where you know mm-hmm. kind of where people would start um, just to get a feel for it. And so they had a spot in Jonah for me to be in the cast in 2012. Oh, 2012. Um, and uh, and uh, the rest was sort of history. I I came in there as a performer that only lasted about six months. Uh, not even. I think it was like four months. I performed before moving into the seat of production stage manager. Um and then, from there, I was an assistant choreographer and then a choreographer, and also a director and on the story department and an assistant director uh It was a, a quick rise up the ladder there, and was so blessed by the opportunities there incredible time it 's an incredible experience uh, for anyone who 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 has the opportunity to work there and I was just humbled by the opportunities that I got in five years there, all the way up to being able to direct Jonah in two thousand and seventeen mm. um so it was sort of full circle for me. I came in with Jonah and it was also the last, uh, one of the last things I did there.
0: Yeah. And for anybody who wants to go to Sight and Sound, or if you haven't ever been uh, and you just want to experience something that is unlike any other theater experience that right. I've ever been to, even it, I in some levels, it's better than Broadway, New York City. Yeah. Uh, definitely check out Sight and Sound. They're running David right now, which is. Uh, you know the story of David. Uh, even if you're not a Christian, it's just uh, it's, a massive
1: experience. It's a
0: massive, monumental experience, and something uh, that I will never. I saw Jonah when they when they redid it in what 2017. I guess 17. Was. Yep. Yeah. So in when the giant whale comes <coughs> out over you, and you're just like, "What's happening?" <laughs> yeah,
1: it's it's shocking.
0: <laughs> um, and we'll get back to sight and sound uh, on. After the radio portion of the sure. show, I would love to talk about how you got to serve stage, mm. and uh, how you got to be artistic director, and what is an artistic director? Sure. Um,
1: yeah, it, it was around. Well, I, while I was still at Sight and Sound, I, I was still, you know, there's a lot of uh, so much theater in Lancaster, which is mm. great. It's such, it's so unique in many ways. But with many, you know, budding and up and coming theater companies, especially. Around then, 2013, 2014, um, and Jonathan Bauer, who uh, is the executive director but also the founder of Servant Stage Company, uh, we had worked on a project with another company in town. Um, the first time we kind of met, but um, you know, didn't get to know each other too well. But then he gave me a call one day, sort of out of the blue, um, saying, "Hey, uh, you know, I got your name from somebody. Would love to wanted to see if you're interested in coming in." Um and uh, helping us out with a show, um and the show was a you know, Yankee Doodle Dandy, the music of America, mm-hmm. uh you know a patriotic review. I said sure I'll come help out, um and and you know came and helped out, did the choreography, uh, uh, directed the sh- directed the show, um and it kind of led to oh do you want to come and do a Christmas show with us and so I, I was familiar with the company by that point, um and loved it loved the mission loved the company, um. And, uh, in, uh, right, right around 2015, uh, I started to feel, um, a bit of a stirring, a, a bit of, uh, I felt that the Lord was leading me away from sight, like my time at Sight and Sound was, was wrapping up. Um, and I wasn't sure what that meant. I was just trying to wait and listen. Uh, but I was sort of convinced that I was supposed to go back down South with my wife. Mm. Um, and i just had this feeling she she had sort of comprom- you know made compromise for us to come here mm. as a, to be a part of sight and sound and uh you know so she kind of dropped everything and 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 followed me here and we loved it um but i knew she really missed the south and missed her family and so again there was a part of me that was saying like maybe i'm just supposed to we're supposed to go back there and i'm supposed to provide for her in that mm-hmm. way and um whether I'm performing or directing or working at Applebee's, I don't know. It, right, it, did, right. it didn't really matter. I, I just kind of was convinced of that. So I made that decision to leave Sight and Sound with nothing lined up. Uh, so it was truly a, sort of a step of faith um, that I was leaving and enter Jonathan Bauer again uh, and uh, asked if I wanted to come on full-time with, with Servant Stage, and I actually turned it down <laughs> multiple times um, turned down the position, uh, saying like, "No, I'm, I'm, I, I'm so sorry. It's not you. It's, it, it's not you. It's me. Um, right, right, right. You know, it, it's, it's, uh, I, I just feel led. Like I, I'm not, I'm not sure yet. I'm, I'm still waiting on clarity, even though the clarity was right in front of me. Right, but, um, <laughs> uh, you know, I was, I was waiting for, for some clarity as to what we were supposed to do. But in my head, I was still thinking, we're going south. We're going south. We're going to be out of Lancaster. And, uh, and while I was out in Branson doing a show. Um, with first sight and sound out there, the Lord just spoke very clearly to me. Uh, one of those moments where I, I I just felt very clear communication uh through my wife and through uh my my dear friend Dan. Um and it just felt like it all landed and uh, that's where I was supposed to be, was still in Lancaster and with Servant Stage. I remember texting Jonathan right away and saying, Hey, if I I'm in you know, uh, and he said, great, you know, let's, let's talk when you get back from Branson. And, and so, you know, it all happened pretty fast from then, came on as the artistic director who is, um, sort of uh, leader of all things, uh, like you to assume all things artistic on the artistic side of, mm. of production. So, um, everything from, uh, deciding which shows we're going to do to, uh, casting auditions, um staffing things, uh, creating more content, uh, working on original shows, hiring the production team, so who's going to do the lighting, who's going to do the audio, mm-hmm. um, all of those things. So taking care of everything basically from the stage back um, while the rest of the team, the executive director, works on the front of house and the overall, the big picture of the company and things like that. So, uh, so uh, actually in my sixth year now of, the, of that position, um, just just celebrated uh, fifth year at the beginning of twenty one, um, and uh, I've just been so so fortunate to work with the company. It's it's uh, it's it's a position that I felt like I've been working my whole career towards. Mm. Um, you know, when I landed there, I was like, finally. You know, like I I worked it, and, and not that I never really, not that I I I you know, dwelled in that or sat unhappy in other positions, but it was all there's there was always something that I was like, ah, it's close. But, it's not, but I, it's not quite there. And when I came on with Servant Stage full time, I, I felt for the first time, this could be it. Like this, you know, this could be what I've been training for and what I thought it would be. Um, so I've been, been just so, so fortunate to be with the team there. Um, small staff and just dear, dear people, um, all like-minded and huge hearts. And I just love the staff and, and everybody we get to work with.
0: So one of the coolest things or most unique things about Servant Stage that uh, blew my mind when I first heard about it was that your company is purely uh, based off of donations. Right. There is no – it's always pay what you will. Yep. And how does one uh, run off of that kind of – I know that that's maybe more of a Jonathan question. But I'm sure you've had to deal with that as well.
1: Well, yeah, every time I explain the company to someone, I, I love the experience because every time someone doesn't know and they experience it and you try to explain it to them, they go, wait, what? Right. Uh, they say, that doesn't make sense. Mm-hmm. And any business-minded person, any, any business person would look at it on paper and say, this will never, never work. work. Yep. Uh, you know, this, this, this doesn't work. Yet it does. Um, again, it, it's, it's, it's the right theater company it's the right mission in the right place Mm -hmm. um, in the right location uh lancaster is so rich in support of the arts um the community it backs the arts in such a huge way in lancaster um and so it has that going for it um and then the mission is about accessibility so we bring the theater to the people um and we allow any for anybody to come see and experience a part of servant stage that whether it's a show or a camp or classes um, whatever it is regardless of their background uh, all of, all of the factors that could limit somebody from experiencing great theater um, so it, it's just a it's just a brilliant mission uh, put together with a huge heart um, for serving for serving one another and for serving our community uh, giving back to the community what they back us for mm-hmm. um so uh yeah it, it it all works um you know we, we jonathan is is a, is just a, a fantastic leader of the of the organization and the heart of it all um and yeah. uh he's just created something really special um but it doesn't work just one way it, it only works with the community behind us right uh with the the teams of of, of people who come alongside of us to either perform in the shows or serve as volunteers mm-hmm. in the front of house or um, help build the sets or what have you, um, it's not a one-way street. It only works because it's community-based and it's uh, about serving each other.
0: Yeah, I don't think it would work in any other place besides Lancaster, PA. Uh, I've been to Chicago, uh, St. Missouri, St. Missouri, uh, Saint Louis, yeah, <laughs> uh, Nashville. I don't even think it would it'd be able to work in Nashville. Uh, just because of, granted they support the arts, but I don't know how friendly they are towards this kind of aspect where uh, they would be willing to give up money, more money than than a normal theater would ever ask for, right? Uh, to keep it going. Yeah, and a lot of people would would be stingy and just, and I'm sure you guys deal with that sometimes, but yeah, and that's okay though. And that's okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. and that's that's totally okay because. You guys, do, will do it anyway, yeah. And I'm sure you guys will do it till you can't anymore, right? And then do it some more. Yeah.
1: And it's and it's it's worked successfully. Mm-hmm. So now it's not it's not a hope and a prayer anymore, right? You know, it's it's become uh, fairly predictable in what we can expect from venues and and annually and and even that continues to grow. So thankfully, you know, it it's it's has a track record of um, of succeeding every year. Uh, and and growing it every year, so um, so now it, it feels it, with each year it feels more secure, it feels more stable. Of course, twenty twenty was a challenge mm-hmm. uh, for everybody, but uh, we made it through that, and and um, uh, are, are looking at a, at a bright future for the company.
0: So, what's it like to uh, you say you write original so shows? What does that look like?
1: Yeah, we do. We, we've done a handful of original shows we we do one one maybe two every year uh, and some we recycle um, after having put them together and and uh it's not they're usually what what we usually do original shows we do sort of musical reviews so they're more music based and sort of tying together a theme or or a story um, through music um, i I'm in no way a script writer or mm. anything like that who's going to give you a, um, you know a a a, a Layered uh, mystery or anything like that—that's that's out of my uh, wheelhouse and comfort zone. Um, but we we you know we find themes a lot of times. Our summer touring shows are our original show because we do so many of them. We travel them, so we've done the old time gospel radio hour based on like the old uh, an old radio show. Um, uh, this year, this summer, we're working on a, a rock and roll. It's called Rock Around the Clock. Uh, all, right, yeah. all 50s 60s 70s so my buddy tyler hoover and i are putting that together um but uh yeah we kind of it, it kind of just takes uh you know throwing throwing at the wall and seeing what sticks right and and, and it, we say like what's our favorite songs and what do people like to hear and what's the style they like and do they tie together and can we mash these two up and put mm. these in a medley as you know what's the theme and and then we, we do tie it together loosely with some script. We like to make it educational as well. So we like to include history in it um, about the music, about the styles. Um, so it's it's always fun, um, but it's a different sort of challenge.
0: Yeah. So uh, do you guys have any plans to like write original uh, musicals or mus- original plays at all? Uh,
1: we it's something we, uh, that we are interested in and, and we want to be able to support as new works. Um, and mm. actually last year, Tyler Hoover, who's our managing director, he had been working for years on a musical uh, uh, called Prodigal. Um, That's right, yes. and he, uh And so we actually, um, we helped light a fire under him as, as we said the year before, we said, Tyler, we're going to put this, we, we want to put it in the season next year as, as, a, as a reading, a staged reading of your brand new musical. Mm-hmm and so what had be, what had been sort of a touch and go uh, sort of side project for him got you know f- put on the on the front burner at that point and sort of forced him to write it and to actually like commit full time to it um and he did and he's so gifted uh and that, that was a full, that wasn't just a musical review that is a full musical script and score and we were able to perform that uh, in this up, up, I think like one year ago, this weekend, yeah. actually, um, it popped up on my Facebook memory uh, that we got to uh, put that show together with him, a stage reading of it over at Lancaster Alliance Church. Um, and uh, able we had talk back sessions with the audience. and, and it was just a, a such a neat experience and so cool to see him thrive in that way he's again he's a gifted guy with many wears many hats um but got to see him sort of live in that in that writer role for a bit and he's he
0: just did a fantastic job with it as he uh do you know if he's finished it completely or
1: uh no i i know there. like like with all artists like he he you know was trying to get make sure we had something to put out there. And, of course, there was stuff he was probably compromising with and saying, like, mm. ah, I, I know this needs to be fleshed out more. I know I would do this differently. Um, so he took a lot of feedback. He met with a lot of people afterwards, and it's something he wants to continue working on. Mm. Um, so it, it, I think it'll, it'll it'll always be a work in, in progress for him, but he, he, he definitely is driven to continue um, uh, working through that show, and I look forward to seeing whether it's with us or someone else that, that he's able to produce it
0: again. Awesome. Well, uh, we're going to talk a bit more about servant stage later, but I would like to fit in, uh, your faith journey, uh, a bit. So were you always a Christian? Did you grow up in a Christian family or did that, was that a thing that came to you?
1: Yeah. Um, I, I I grew up in, uh, I grew up in the Catholic school system. Um, and so faith was present in the home. Um, not always uh yeah it wasn't always a forefront on the forefront um but grew up in it uh 12 years of catholic school um and uh yeah through I, I think just through a series of events and and just sort of being in in that system at that particular time um actually pushed me away from faith for a, for a while um and i don't know if it, it's not one one thing that stands out or anything like that but just again, through a series of those 12 years, um, I found myself on the outside sort of looking in and then just sort of followed that path. I kind of rejected it and kind of said, I'm sort of done with that. Mm. Um, so clearly my my faith wasn't very deeply rooted at that time um, and probably for, mo- for many reasons. But uh, I went into college and into this performing career uh, without... Um, without a, a relationship or without a faith, um, and so and theater it can be a pretty, pretty rough uh, industry, pretty mm-hmm. dark industry, and so for a majority of that career, of that performing career, uh, I was living that lifestyle. I was living in in the darkness and and sort of just embracing and being a part of that theatrical lifestyle. Um, but as I got older and as I as you mentioned, I'm touring, I'm traveling all over the place. Um, I started to to acknowledge and feel a void in my life, uh, and and not able to put my finger on it, um, but able to say like this is just starting to feel kind of empty. Like I liked it when I was young, and I liked it when I was you know being in this show and this show and this show, but now I'm tired. Um, I'm single. Like I, I you know, I, I I I don't really do anything with my spare time. I don't have other interests. Like it, I just kind of feel empty, um, and enter my uh, now, wife Andrea, who we met on a national tour, and uh, you know, we there was kind of some interest there in, in each other, and we ended up in Pigeon Forge together, which was again just ironic and, and uh, unusual that we would just connect. Then again, um, and it's here that sort of the Lord reentered my life as well. Um, I really was fortunate to be able to sort of see. Uh, God putting the pieces together as it was happening, mm-hmm. um, but uh, and, and it's it's there's so many more layers to the story. But I know trying to get trying to get through it. Um, when I went to Pigeon Forge, I, it wasn't for the Miracle Theater. It was actually for another theater, a brand new show. And I had asked and I had asked her because I knew she was in Pigeon Forge in another show, not the Miracle Theater. I said, "There's this new show. They're asking me to be a part of it." She said, "It's supposed to be great. It's it's everyone's talking about this brand new show. You should you should come do it." Uh, so I said, okay, I guess I'm going to Pigeon Forge, um, and uh, got there and and did that show. And she was in her other show. And um, at that point, we we were both in in pretty good headspaces. So we kind of we started dating at that point. Um, and a couple things happened. The show that I was in was a horrible experience. Oh, really? Uh, it was one of the worst professional experiences of my career. Uh, so it did not pan out like everyone was talking about. Oh, wow! And uh, so, but. Now I had found myself in a relationship. Um, in my relationship, Andrea had basically said to me, "Like, I know you don't go to church." She said, "If this is going to turn into something, no, I, I need know. that to be important to you." I thought, okay, like we'll give it a go. You know, uh, as I tiptoed back into the church, um, and uh, we walked into, and she was she hadn't established herself at a church either there. And we walked into a church called Pathways Church, uh, which ultimately was life changing for me. Um, it, it it felt uh, like I was just sort of taken over when I went in there. Uh, met all the right people, including the pastor, uh, who who changed my life. Um, and uh, and then again was handing out resumes. So, but at, at this point, I feel I'm in a relationship with this with this girl. I want to I want to see it through. I want to I want to stay with it. So I want to stay in Pigeon Forge, but I don't have a job because I'm not mm-hmm. going back to that theater. So I was literally handing out applications at Walmart and Applebee's and wherever. And there was the Miracle Theater, which up to that point, I was like, stay away. Like, that's that's them. Yeah, right. That's not me. And I sent an email over and uh, said, hey, I'm a, I'm a local performer. If you're looking for anybody. And like within minutes, I got an email back saying, hey, we actually do need somebody. Uh, can you come audition for us?
0: Within minutes I mean it was it was
1: shocking it was jarring um and went in and and uh you know did an audition so uncomfortable for me because I was still very guarded um and very uh, hard exterior on all of it and um went in did the audition went home and they said you know we'll let you know and my wife had given me that I'll never forget my wife had given me like a devotional book to, to be reading through and and I got home and I I said oh okay I'm, I think I'm willing to do this your way. And I, I, I knelt at the foot of my bed and I opened up the, the devotional for that day. And it's not a joke. It sounds so cheesy, but I opened up the devotional for that day. And it said, today is the day that could be your miracle. Uh, and I was like, okay, like again, kind of uncomfortable, but, uh, and the next day I, I went, they asked me to go back in and he had a contract right there and offered it to me to be a part of the miracle theater. Um, and, uh, so the combination of that and um, being at the church and meeting Andrea all came together and just put me sort of on fire for, for that relationship and to rebuild my faith and restore my faith um, that I really had never had to that level, mm-hmm. uh, to that extent. Uh, but I, but again, one of those moments where I felt so far behind, but I was so hungry for it. Um, so I, I, I just latched onto those things, the theater and the church and Andrea um, to sort of build up that relationship again. Um, a year later, I, I got baptized uh, in that church, <clears throat> and then a year after that, the next year, we got married. Um, uh, and our, our pastor uh, did our wedding. And, and um, yeah, so from then, it's, uh, it, it's, it's been uh, still a learning process. Um, I, I still consider myself very unknowledgeable and also very unworthy of my relationship. Mm-hmm. Uh, but he sought after me um, when I was as far lost as one could get. And so I I I I trust him uh, in that in that in this journey and that even when I falter and continue to screw up that um, he is there uh, to take care of me. So it's a huge it's a very important part of my life uh, and, and my and my work and my family. And so that's the that's the nutshell version of it.
0: That's incredible. Yeah. Um, We're actually kind of rounding out (laughs) our time on the radio. So uh, what are some upcoming shows for Servant Stage?
1: Servant Stage is uh, we're one week away from opening Newsies uh, right right here at Lancaster Bible College. i will be running for three weekends uh, from June 3rd to the 19th. Um, Incredible cast. Yeah, some of of my friends are involved. Yeah, so close to 50 people in the cast. um, And they're just so incredibly talented. If you've never seen Newsies... This is the one you don't want to miss. It's so high energy. Uh, So, again, it's all pay what you will. Uh, So we have that coming up. We have uh, our summer show, Rock Around the Clock. We'll play all over Lancaster County. Um, uh, And then Ragtime, the biggest show we've ever done, uh, will be this fall at Lancaster Mennonite High School. Really, Ragtime? Um, Yeah, so that's been on my bucket list for years and years and years and years. And and so that is going to be amazing production in the fall. And then we close out the year with a Christmas carol. That'll be touring all over as well. We also have educational opportunities, summer camps, Monday night drop-in classes, all kinds of stuff going on. Check out our website if you can.
0: And that's Uh, ServantStage.com?
1: ServantStage.org. So, oh, dot org. Dot org. that's right, because uh, you guys are
0: nonprofit. Yeah. That's right. Uh,
1: so, yes, please check us out. If you haven't heard of Servant Stage, come experience it. It's it's harder to explain. It's easier to experience.
0: Yes, th- that's very true, actually. Um, so they have a Facebook page. You can find them on Instagram. You can find them at all places. All places, all places, we're all, all, all over the place.
1: I don't know all that social media stuff, but yes, I th- we're on we're on the Facebook, um, <laughs> <to> that, Instagram? <laughs> Instagram, yes, and all and all of that as well. They <laughs> laugh at me because they they don't let me near that stuff. So
0: yeah, um, and Newsies was one of the first shows I ever saw on Broadway, and that's what really kind of set me on fire for like theater. Was uh, even though I had done theater in the past, it was watching Newsies and watching them go around the stage and like move the sets around while people were on it yeah like stuff that was just impossible to me uh newsies is, is a very great show ragtime is also another very yeah. great show uh very uh harsh material yeah but very um, relevant but very relevant yeah. and very very uh moving yeah a story so if you want to see more about that and server stage do check out the website check out their uh shows coming up and with all that said, I'm going to we're going to take a little bit of a break here and play one of one of my original songs, You Remain. This is a song I wrote uh 2 years ago during the COVID shutdown and I, uh, it really hit me that um you know, things in this life are very very temporary and there is only one consistent thing and that is God. So with that said, this is You Remain.
2: When I am weak Can no longer speak You are there Right beside me When all hope is lost And I can't bear the cost You are there Paying it for me And when things turn to dust And there's nothing to trust You are there